Welcome to the Calvary Podcast. Get ready to dive into an inspiring message. Our aim is to share teachings that bring transformation and hope to your life. So, open your heart, be ready to listen, and prepare for a powerful encounter with the Word. Let's get started. You know, in Scripture, I read a couple of weeks uh, ago to you uh, from Ecclesiastes, it says the end of a matter is better than the beginning. The end of a matter is better than a beginning, than the beginning. Why is that? Well, I've noticed in life that it's a lot easier to start than finish. How many of you recognize that in your life? You're getting ready here in a few days to make uh, New Year's resolutions. And you know how long those last. Just think, just think. What if everybody finished the year the way they started the year? Well, how many people would be in shape? <laughs> how many people would have lost weight? How many people would have read their whole Bible that year? Oh, come on, don't. <laughs> how many people would have upped their prayer life and the whole thing? So you see, it really is a little easier to start than it is to finish. The Bible says the end of a matter is more important and stronger and something to look forward to than just the beginning. So we're looking at this series, Finish Strong. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to read this. It's been our base uh, context for this series. The Bible's comparing our Christian journey to a race, to a race. In fact, that analogy is used several times in Scripture. We're looking at how we serve God, how we walk with the Lord in our personal relationship. And the analogy of a race is often uh, what's used for us to understand. So let's, let's look at this as we move into some new area today. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run. With perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose hope. So we, we're, we're looking at this, this moment, this, this truth, this uh, illustration that comes to us. And we go back to verse 1, and I've been emphasizing this when it begins with that word, therefore. Well, again, we, we sometimes lose a little perspective because we only look at our Bibles with chapter and verse. In other words, as soon as I go to chapter 12, I forgot about chapter 11. I look at chapter 12, isolated from chapter 11. But that word, beginning this 12th chapter, therefore, alludes to what's just happened. He's saying in context of chapter 11, I want to make a statement here. Now, people call chapter 11 the, the hall of fame of faith. They call it heroes of faith. We see all these encouraging examples. We learn in Hebrews chapter 11, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone that comes to him must believe that he is or that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And then we're given this list of men and women of faith. And uh, I've called it the Hall of Fame of Faith, the Heroes of Faith. But, but again, in this setting, as I've gone back and looked at chapter 11 in light of this beginning of chapter 12, I'm looking at chapter 11 and every one of those men and women in chapter 11 were great finishers. 
They were men and women that not only started serving God, that not only began with the promise, began with the vision, began with the dream. These men and women finished the race. They completed the assignment that God had given them. Now, one thing I want you to see is that when you run a race, you need to think of this because of your life and your experience and, and your seasons and your moments. In other words, uh, the race may have more than one lap. It's the same race, but more than one lap. And so there are seasons that we complete. There are seasons that we finish to set us up for the next season that's coming. Remember, I shared with you that how you close one season will determine how you enter the next season. How I run this lap sets me up for how I run the next lap in my faith. And so he says here that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. I love the fact they're witnesses. They're men and women who have seen and heard for themselves. Their testimonies are not secondhand. Their testimonies are, this is what God said to me. And this is what God did in my life. And so we're surrounded with this. The, the concept here, this, the Greek language of being surrounded, that means everywhere you turn on your race, if you will allow them to, the testimony of these men and women of faith are surrounding you. Any direction that you look, you're surrounded by the testimony of the faithfulness of God. So think about that today. As you're running this race, as we're finishing 2023 strong, I have some good news for you. If you turn and look at your past, the devil may want to condemn you. Anybody here ever had some things you wish you hadn't done? Okay. Anybody ever had some moments you wish you could get a redo over? We all deal with some guilt or some shame or regret. But I have some good news for you. In this context, as you run your race in light of what Jesus has done and the testimonies of the faithful, even when you look behind you, are you ready? Instead of that past to be ashamed of, there's someone standing there in this great cloud of witnesses saying, let me remind you of the faithfulness of God. Even in the past, they're there. When I look beside me, I'm surrounded by these witnesses. And you know what they're saying? Hey, keep running. Keep running. Keep going. I'm here with you. Remember what God did for me. And maybe today the future looks so far off from you. Maybe your future does not look like you thought it would look like. If you'll look again, this is what you'll see and hear. The witness of someone saying that promise is still true. The goodness of God is still waiting on you. God will do what he said. We're surrounded in every direction by the faithfulness of God. How many are thankful for that today, that, that God does that? And so that's how we run our race, surrounded with encouragement, surrounded with testimonies of the faithfulness of God. So let's look at this again in verse 1. So in light of that, we're surrounded, we're running. He says, come on, throw off everything that hinders. He says, we need, to, we need to get rid of some of these things that are slowing us down. He says that uh, we need to get rid of the sin that entangles us, the things we know. It's the time of, it's a good moment. It's a good moment, church family. It's the right moment to say, you know what? There's some things that need to exit my life. There's some things I need to let go of. How many of you would say, Pastor, uh, running the race of life, we pick up some things we should have not picked up. Anybody have some passengers that you need to let off at the next stop? Anybody have some companions that 
really weren't designed to run this race with you that you just need to say. So let's, we, we, we've studied that. We went in depth with that. We're, we're, we're getting rid of things that hinder. We're, we're, we're letting go of sin that entangles. And, and notice it says here that, that we're running with perseverance. I'll come back to that in a moment. That's a, a key word. And he says in verse 2, we run this race. I love this. With, with the testimony of these witnesses in our ears. We run this race hearing the word of God. Hearing the testimony. The Bible says faith comes by what? King James, Romans 10, 17. Let's quote it. And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you know what I do. I like to break it down for us. Let's say it again. Now we know that faith comes by hearing and stop. How does it come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So in other words, my faith doesn't grow just one word, just one Bible verse. What do I need to do? I need to hear and I need to keep hearing. I need to hear and I need to keep hearing. I need to keep listening to those witnesses. It's kind of like I'm running my race and, and out of this great grandstand of witnesses, you know, today I'd say, Abraham, could you come run with me on this lap? And he says, come on, I got you. Let's go. And so I'm said, talk to me. Talk to me. I'm having a hard day. Do you ever know how to go to the right people on a hard day? I like to get Abraham with me or David with me or Moses with me or Joseph with me and say, Joseph, run this lap with me. It's, it's a little hard today. Tell me how you stayed faithful in that prison. Tell me what it was like that day they walked in and said, get up, Pharaoh wants you. Tell me what it was like when you told the cupbearer not to forget you and he forgot you. Talk to me, Joseph. Tell me about it. Tell me what happened. Let's run this race. How many are thankful you can hear and hear and hear and hear as much faith as you want to hear while you're running this race? But then he says, and not just when I'm hearing, he says, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus because that's the prize. That's the one in front of me. Notice what he says. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Remember, we're on a race. We're going somewhere. And if we are finishing, we're being perfected. We, our faith does not become developed by quitting. Everybody with me? Our faith develops by finishing, by staying in the race. By staying faithful in this process. So we're, we're, we're doing that. We're being perfected. We're being finished. We're being developed because God has something for us. He did it how? For the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorned its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He says, again, consider him. Endured such opposition from sinful men. So we're going someplace. We're, it's necessary we run this race with perseverance. One translation of perseverance is patience. How many of you realize it's not necessary to pray for patience? So what do you mean? You're going to get a chance to have it whether you pray for it or not. Anybody ever had an opportunity to exercise patience without praying for it? In fact, I heard somebody say one time, don't pray for patience. God will send you an opportunity to use it. I find in my life I've never had to pray for patience. I've had to pray, God, help me have patience. But I haven't needed the opportunities to be patient, right? See, so, so he's, this perseverance, this patience, he says, that's how I'm going to run the race. So, so, guys, that tells us what? That this isn't a quick race. It's more than one lap. Everybody with me? I'm going to have to make some choices. I'm going to have to be committed. I'm going to have to choose at certain times to stay in the race when it might be easier 
to drop out of the race. I'm going to have to remember what these witnesses have told me, what the Word of God says to me. I'm going to have to fix my eyes back on Jesus. I'm going to have to remember what He did for me. I need to consider the cross and the price He paid and run this race. Later it says in chapter 12 here, He says, you haven't obeyed to the point of shedding blood like He did for you. So He says, in those moments where you feel a little lonely, those moments where you wonder, am I going to put one more foot in front of the other? He says, remember the love of God. Remember what Jesus did for you. You're going to have to run this race. It takes some perseverance. Look in James chapter 1, just just an anecdote here. James chapter 1 and verses 2, 3, and 4. What does the Bible say about perseverance? Let's look at this just just for a moment here. James chapter 1, and uh, I want you to see verses 2, Three and four. Notice what we what we find. Consider it pure joy. Now we don't normally do this, but we need to see the end result. See, this is the this is the benefit of finishing, not stopping in the middle. Watch this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, if we stop there, that's that's not a uh, an encouraging word. He, 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 we would just read that if that was the end of the thought. It, and, and sometimes we kind of get this at church. I kind of hear this bleeding through, this religious mindset. Just be happy you're having a hard time. I don't think God's really into that. I don't think God's really into just giving you a hard time, see how much you can take. Let's just see what old Joe can take over there. Let's see how much he's got. If the Bible just said, consider it joy when you face a trial, and we walked off from that. That's a little tough. But notice what he says here. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, comma. Why? How can I have joy when I'm running a tough lap? How can I have joy when I don't like this season I'm in? Remember, what do we read in Hebrews 11? For the joy, what? Set before him, he endured the cross. You, you need to understand something. Jesus' humanity did not enjoy the cross. How many are with me on that? Isn't that what he prayed in the garden? Father, is there any other way? Is there something else we can do? Can we find another way to get this done? He said, but it's not my will, it's your will. Hebrews 11 says that he remained faithful and took our place on the cross because he looked beyond that moment and for the joy of what salvation would do for you and me, he said, I'm going to see this through. And there are going to be moments in your life and mine running our race where the immediate circumstance is not enjoyable. It's not something that we enjoy. But we have to understand there is a joy before me if I keep running this race. My God has purpose in what he does. He's not just allowing me to have a hard time for the sake of having a hard time. Notice what we read. Consider it joy. Consider Jesus. Remember Jesus. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, why? Because you know that the testing of your faith. See, here we come back. What happens with this? Develops, what does it say? Perseverance. This translation uses the same word, good. Develops perseverance. Verse 4. Now, what happens? Perseverance must finish. Perseverance must what? Finish. Talking about finishing strong. Perseverance must Finish its work. Why? So that you may be mature and complete, not... Do you know that's how God sees you? Do you know that's how God looks at you today? Do you know that's what God believes about you? 
Do you know that's what you're saved to do and become and the capacity, that uh, potential that you have? Let's look at this again. If you and I would just run that race, if we'll hang in there on those days, it'll be easier to quit. If we'll put before us the joy of what God's plan is and trust him that although I cannot see it at this moment, he's taking me to a place of, of that, that he's designed for me. There's another lap on this race. This isn't the end of the race. Are you with me? And so what do I realize? I realize that, that when my faith is tested, what is happening? It is developing perseverance in my life. And if I will run this race, like we're told, with perseverance, what begins to happen? Perseverance, in verse 4, finishes its work so that I may become what? Mature and that I may become complete and I will not be lacking anything. What you and I need to understand is that God's plans for us are greater than the moment we're living in right now. God's plans for us will require a maturity and a development that I'm not able to handle at this stage in my life. But if I will keep running, if I will keep serving, if I will keep trusting, God is preparing me for a season that's out in front of me to do greater things for him. Let me illustrate this. Here's, let's go to Mark chapter 5 and verse 24. Mark 5, 24. We've read this passage recently and illustrating some other areas but i want you to see this again mark chapter 5 verse 24 i want you to watch the process of what we just read from hebrews 12 and james 1 in this lady's life it's vividly illustrated here so let's let's catch up you know the moment this is the woman with the issue of blood mark 5 verse 24 let me find my setting here, Mark 5, 24. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, all right? So here's this crowd pressing around Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, okay? She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. I'm sure everybody was trying to help her. The point was she, no one could solve the issue. Everybody doing their best. There was an illness that, that seemed to be incurable for her. And, and, and so she has tried everything that man could do with all the help that's available, which is good. And then she had spent all the money that she had. She has nothing. She's left in this position. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed immediately. Her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Now, here's his disciples. If you ever need to be encouraged (laughs) that God's not through with you yet, just read about the disciples. This was the biggest band of misfits and, and, you know, Plan B, C, and D, guys, you would have ever chosen. If they would have submitted their, res- their resumes to the church that just uh, partnered with Pastor Adrian, they would not have been considered. You understand what I'm saying? These are these guys. So here's this incredible moment. Jesus said, someone's just been healed. Someone touched my clothes. And what's their response? Oh, that's wonderful. Hallelujah. Thank God. No, here they are. Uh, you, have you ever known something like this? And they go, verse 31. You see all these people crowding around you, and yet you ask who touched me? I mean, that's, that's a little, you know, 
cheeky with Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? What do you mean somebody touched you? Everybody's touching you. What are you, what are you saying, Jesus? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. But remember this guy that started this, Jairus the ruler, who had come to him to say, my daughter's dying. And they were on the way to go to his house. And now he has to stand and watch this woman get her miracle. Remember him? Now watch what happens. They're back to Jairus. Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. So I want you to think of this lady. I want you to think of your race. I want you to think of any moment, any lap, any season that you may be involved in. This lady has had a hard race. She's had 12 years of running and has become, she's further behind now than when she started. She's been trying to hold on and be healthy and live and survive. And and 12 years later, it's worse than it's ever been. But she heard about this man named Jesus. And she made a decision. Someone say decision. The power of choice. And she said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to run one more lap. I'm going to get up one more time. I'm going to get out of this house. I'm going to walk out of this room. I'm going to get up off this sick bed. I heard there is a man who can do something about my condition. And she made a decision. And she leaves her home. She's fearful. The law forbade her to do what she was doing. Jewish law said she could have been stoned to death if she touched anyone. But she walks into this crowd. And they're jostling her and pushing her. And she's weak and she's tired. And she's trying to run the race. And one translation says she touched the hem of his cloak. So evidently in this race she was running that day. On this lap of desperation. She was not only running. She had even stopped walking. And now she's crawling because the only thing she can touch is the hem of his robe. And maybe she was flat on her face. Eating everyone else's dust. Being stepped on. as she was running the lap of desperation in her life. But she touched him. And when she touched him, she was healed instantly. And you may be here today. And I, why do I go over that? Just to say to you that maybe your lap is hard today. Maybe you've run and your feelings and emotions say, What good has it done me to serve God? What reason has there been to be faithful? My family's not doing what I want. My health is not doing what I want. My job's not doing what I want. My life is falling apart. I am tired. But I want to say to you, it's worth getting up one more time. I want to say to you, it's worth rising up one more time. And maybe the reason you're here today and we're here today is that someone needed to have the nerve to say to you, I know you're tired. I know it's not fair. I know you've been criticized. I know you've been misunderstood. I know vows have been broken. But I want to tell you, you've got another lap in you today. I want to tell you that there is a God who is faithful enough and worthy enough for you to say, I'm going to get up and try one more time. Why would you run one more race like this lady ran the race? Because the fact is that God's not finished yet. 
And if God's not finished yet, I have some good news for you and me. We're not finished yet. The Bible says the weapon may have been formed, but it didn't prosper. Come on. Can somebody thank God for that? The Bible said, if God be for us, who can be against us? The Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The Bible even says in Psalms, though the righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Why? For the joy set before him, for the trust in his God, he knows if I run this lap, God's going to do something for me. God's going to do something. And then let's look at Jairus. Can you imagine the crushing emotion, the crushing feeling, the crushing moment when he's risked everything, left his dying daughter's bed to go for Jesus. And he sees this woman healed. And instantly, those, the men from his home come and tell him, leave the teacher. Don't bother him anymore. You missed it, Jairus. Your daughter died. You weren't there. Your daughter died and you left your wife by herself. You better just leave him alone and come home. And you know what I've learned in my life? You need to learn in your life, and many of you have. There are going to be certain laps you're running, laps, certain seasons, where you have to make a decision. I'm not going to allow the voices of today to rob me of my victories planned for me tomorrow. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to let today's voices steal my victory from tomorrow. So now Jairus has a decision. Jairus has to decide. Is he going to run one more lap or quit? Is he going to run more more lap or is he going to give up? And Jesus said, see, there'll always be a witness if you'll listen. There'll always be some faith if you'll listen. He hears the voices, give up, go home. She's dead. It's over. You missed it. And then Jesus said, Jairus. Just believe me. Jairus, just trust me. Is that hard to do sometimes? Yeah, it is. Isn't it? Let's tell the truth. Is it hard to just believe? But he's worth believing in. He's worth trusting in. He's worth that moment. Jairus, just believe. And you know what I believe in that moment? Jairus looked at that lady walking off. And the Bible says she told Jesus her whole story. He heard it. What I just told you. He saw it. He saw her get up and shake dust off her clothes. He saw the people repelled when they recognized who she was, and yet he saw her walked off well, healed. You know what? I believe he saw that woman's healing, and I believe it encouraged him. I believe what happened for her brought encouragement to him. I believe what he witnessed in that moment when the voices were saying, you better give up. I believe there was something inside of Jairus that said, you know what? If God did that for her, God can still do it for me. You'll never know what your testimony means for someone. I want to encourage you today. Do you know that no one can run your lap but you? I've told you when it says in Hebrews 12, run the race marked out for you. It literally has a very singular, specific, individual context. It means that your lap is not my lap. Your race is not my race. God has a race for you that I'm not to run, but you can run that race. And here's what I want you to realize today. If maybe it's hard, if maybe you've been thinking about sitting down or giving up or going away or letting go of your faith, you need to understand that somewhere down your race, listen to me, is a person waiting that needs your testimony. There's somebody down there that needs to hear what God did for you today. There's a Jairus standing there about to hear the worst news of his life. But because that lady ran one more lap and trusted God one more time and finished that lap, she encouraged a man who would have given up if she had not been there. 
I want to tell you today, there's someone down line for you right now. There's someone waiting on you to keep running today. There's someone who needs the encouragement that you are going to give them where you realize, you know, I could have given up, but I didn't. If I would have stopped here, I would have never seen it done. We serve the God who's able to do that. You need to never give up on the encouragement that God has put in your life. We, we can look at it like this. On, on one lap, David was a shepherd out watching his sheep. On the next lap, they're crowning him king of Israel. On one lap, Ruth is out in the field as a foreign widow in a foreign land and gathering what's left over. On the next lap, she owns the field. <laughs> On one lap, Mordecai is out in the, outside the courtyard of the palace, estranged and a foreigner. In the next chapter, he's sitting inside the palace as an advisor. What am I saying? I'm saying we serve the God who can turn things around for the people who will stay in the race or you're listening to me today you have to stay in the race he'll turn things around i i i want to challenge you with something i want to challenge you with something i'll never forget this and i i, I want to put this out in front of you see my question is are you really ready to run the next lap in your race are you ready to run that lap are you ready i'll never forget uh pastor phyllis's uncle bill he's gone to heaven he pastored a church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And there was a lady in the church who would come to church. Her husband wouldn't come. He was a character. And that's, that's giving him a compliment, if you understand what I'm saying. You could say he was a heathen. That would have been a compliment for this guy. Okay? He harassed her about going to church. He cursed her. He, he, he was just, he was, he, was, he was a mess. And she would go to church and, you know, he would pray for her. And she'd talk about how mean her husband was and, and how hard her life was and, People were praying for her husband to get saved. Guess what happened? Her husband got saved. And guess what happened to her? She didn't like it. So I'm asking you, are you ready to run your next lap? I know I shocked you, didn't I? See, what happened? She lost her identity. She lost her identity as a poor, beaten down, trodden, unfortunate soul. Now, people would come up to her and say, hey, I saw your husband in church today. That's awesome. Well... Man, isn't it great? I can't believe it. all these years we prayed and your husband got saved and now he's sitting with you in church. Well, just rocked her world. God answered her prayer. She didn't like it. So I'm asking you today, you ready for your next lap? Are you ready for your next lap? <laughs> got quiet in the house now, didn't it? So, some of you single adults, listen, I got some experience. You need to listen to me. I got more experience being married than single, but what I'm saying, I got, I got some experience about people. And so some of you are really praying, God, I need to get married, I need to get married, I need to get married. Are you ready for your next lap? Are you ready for that marriage? You ready to share everything now? Is it going to be his account and your account or our account? They're going to squeeze the tube in the middle or on the end? You want to have his kids, my kids, our kids. You ready for that? You know, that nice little condo you live in and everything's fixed just right. And, and you're, all you got to take care of you and the cat. There may be some kids don't like your cat. Maybe a man doesn't like your cookie. I found over the years that sometimes when you get what you want, you don't want what you got. So I guess my question is, 
Are you ready for your next lap? Are you ready for God to give you what you're asking him for? Are you ready for your identity to change? You know, this, 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 is, this is how I would say it. This, this is, that's a fancy one, but this is a baton for a relay race. And here's what I'm asking you today. See, are you with? I got your attention now. Because <laughs> I, I want you to finish strong, but I want you to know there's another lap coming, and it might be different than this one. And it's going to be better. It's going to be better. But the question is, did you let God prepare you so you're ready when you got to that lap? Because, see, when I run with perseverance, it's making me mature, not lacking anything. I'm complete. I'm ready to go. And so right now, I may be thinking it's me, me, me. And you get on that other lap, and it may be they, they, they. Are you ready for it? So you might be praying right now, Lord, I, I, you know, uh, maybe God's calling you in the ministry and you feel like there's a call and say, you know, I, I'm ready. You know, man, Pastor Adrian ready to go to preach. I'm ready to go preach. Well, you need to talk to Pastor Adrian about what God's done from point A to point B to get him there ready to be the pastor of that church. You understand what I'm saying? And so we, we, we want to be some places and I don't know if we're ready. If we're ready. So here's, here's what I'll do. It's a relay race. And what we have to do in this race sometimes is that we have to be able to hand off to ourselves. Can I leave this season in my life and go into the next season of my life? Am I ready for God to... I've been running this lap. I've been running this lap. And I'm looking up ahead and I'm praying, God, come on, God, I'm ready. God, I'm ready. I'm ready for that blessing. I'm ready for this good thing. I'm ready. So in other words, are you ready for your healed season? Are you ready to be healed? Are you ready? Are you ready for your healed season? When you, when, when you don't say anymore, well, I, I would, but I can't. No, now you just say, I will. Okay, let me try it over here on this side of the church. You know, see, see, are you ready for your no excuse season? You're sick. Okay. I'll, I'll try the middle section here. See, somebody's praying, God, bless my finances, bless my finances. You know, here's the deal. If you can't give $10 out of 100, are you ready to give 1,000 out of 10,000? See, can you hand off to yourself? Are you ready to have, can you leave that season and become this season? Can you leave that woman and become this woman? Can you leave that man and become this man? Come on, everybody with me on this thing. See, because we're running a race and perseverance is maturing me and completing me and readying me to get this next season in my life and take on this thing and be what I'm supposed to be because God wants to heal you. He wants you to be free of the thing. Are you ready for your free season? Are you ready for the addictions to be broken off? Are you ready for the sin that entangled you to be broken off? Are you ready for the excuses to fall down? Are you ready for the victim mentality to fall off of you? Are you ready to stop blaming everybody else for why I'm in this shape? Are you ready to stop living as a martyr? Are you ready to stop living as a poor, broken down, feel sorry for me? Are you ready to be the blessor instead of the person needing the blessing? Are you ready to be the leader instead of the follower? Are you ready to be the person making a difference instead of following? Because sometimes in my life, I have to be willing to hand off to myself and move from that season to the next season in my life. Anybody with me on this thing? So you see, God has a plan for us. He wants you to live healed, whole, well, blessed, free, married, and happy. (laughs) Running this race, understanding, God, you took me from here to here. You blessed me in this way. Listen to me. I want to encourage you. A day is going to come where you're going to look back on some hard seasons on your race and say, God, I don't thank you that it came, but I thank you that you brought me through that. I thank you for what I learned in that. I thank you for what you made out of me in that. I thank you for how my faith grew in that. Listen, I'm not volunteering to go back through any of them. How many of you are glad they're over? 
one of my favorite scriptures sometimes. I pray on those hard laps, and it came to pass, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It didn't come to stay, and it came to pass. Are you with me? It came to pass. It came to pass. See, some of those races, when I hand off to my new season like this, I say, don't follow me anymore. I just keep running. Or why do I run so fast on this lap? Because that last lap trying to catch me. And he is never going to catch me again. It made me faster. See, you and I have to understand that God's plan for us is bigger than your plans. Do you know that? His plan for you is greater. The devil's much more afraid of your future than he is your past. God's plan for you are what? Exceedingly, abundantly above all you could ask, think, or imagine. So right now he has to do something in me that I may not fully understand because he's preparing me for something that I don't even know how to ask him for. That's his church. That's why we're here. That's who we are. I want you to stand with me. Let's stand together today. A worship team, come and join me. Let's stand. Let's stand. Come on, finishers. I want every finisher to stand. We're going to finish strong. I want you to say that in your heart. God, I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to finish strong. I may have started off running. You know, that little lady, she ended up crawling, maybe on her face. But do you think it was worth it when she touched his garment? Oh, she'll tell you it was worth it. And I believe her determination, her perseverance was the encouragement when Jairus stood at that critical moment when all of the Judaism and, 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 and uh, uh, the law of the day was pulling him back. But faith said, just believe, just believe. And he said, God, if you did it for that lady, you can do it for me and my daughter today. And you know, there's someone, are you listening to me? I'll tell you who, where it begins. It's in our home, our children. Are watching us to see if we can finish. They're going to watch and see if you can finish. Can I tell you something? Maybe you had some bad laps. Maybe you had some blown opportunities as a parent. I want to tell you something. It's not too late for you to run your best lap right now. Maybe, all, maybe you can show those around you, hey, she got up and finished. He got up and finished. It was hard, but he got up and he tried again. The end of a matter is better than the beginning. I know the devil wants you to think it's too late and you've gone too far. I'm here to tell you the devil's a liar. And as long as you have breath and as long as you get up and you're willing to run, it's not too late. And you haven't gone too far. And I believe God's preparing you for the best season of your life. That's who he is. God says the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former house. How many claim that in your life today? I claim that. I claim that. You may have missed some things in your life. I believe the glory of this season in your marriage can be better than any season in your marriage. I believe that God can honor that. Prodigal sons and daughters can come home. God can bless your dreams and your vision. But I've got to stay in the race and run that race. Sometimes I look around, nobody's running it with me. (laughs) You ever been there? You're running it all by yourself. But that's just what my eyes see. Because if you'll keep running that lonely lap, you're going to begin to hear some voices. Not crazy. (laughs) You're not losing it. What voices? Those voices in Hebrews 11. Those testimonies, those men and women of God that said, don't give up. I've been there. It's worth hanging in. Don't stop. It's worth hanging in there. Joseph would tell you, if your family forsakes you, keep running your race. God's not going to forget you. Abraham will tell you, if you have to wait 25 years, don't give up. Your God is going to be faithful to you there. Just keep running your race. And Jesus says, for the joy set before me, I put myself on the cross for you. And if I did that for you then, I'm never going to fail you now. 
Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope you found this message uplifting and encouraging. If you're looking to connect in person, we gather every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can also find us online at calvaryassembly.org. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for more content, updates, and to stay connected with our community.